Welcome to the Personalized Medicine Podcast. This is the place where scientists, clinicians, and entrepreneurs discuss the progress of this rapidly developing field. I am your host, Alexander Yahensky. Let's start. Before we start with today's episode, I have one important public announcement to make. Ivana Radosavljevich is joining our team as content manager. We have been working together with Ivana for the last couple of weeks, and I am very impressed with the input she brought to the team in such a short period of time. Producing high-quality content takes hard work and passion, and I'm very happy to see that the team of Personalized Medicine Podcast expanding with the people who share those exact qualities. So, Ivana, welcome on board. And you, our listener, welcome to the episode five of the podcast. Let's start with it, shall we? Three, two, one, and we are live. Welcome to the next episode of the Personalized Medicine Podcast. In our last episode, we have talked about clinical trials and how new digital platforms can make them more efficient. Today, we are continuing in the direction of digitalization in personalized healthcare. A lot has been going on in this space lately, especially in Germany. And I am delighted to talk today to one of the key opinion leaders on this topic, Professor David Matusevich. David is a professor of healthcare management at the FOM University for Applied Sciences, the largest private university in Germany. He is also a founding director of Research Institute for Healthcare Management in Essen. He co-authored several books on the topics of digitalization and management in healthcare. David is also actively supporting medical startups as an angel investor, and in May 2019, he has founded a digital health academy in Berlin. I'm very much looking forward to this discussion today. So, David, thank you very much for accepting our invitation and being here with us. Yeah, thank you very much also. Great. Perfect. So, I would like to start you to start with you uh, on digitalization and today everybody talks about it and it often feels just like a buzzword. So, let's first separate wheat from chaff what actually digital transformation in healthcare is and which areas of healthcare are now being transformed by means of digital tools the most. Yeah, thank you. In my opinion, today we have a great continuum between what seems possible on the one hand and what works today on the other hand. We are talking about exponential technologies like artificial intelligence, blockchain, robotics, virtual or even augmented reality and so on. But in the hospital, there's not even Wi-Fi. In the doctor's office, there are only standalone computers and faxes. And the health insurance writes me a lot of letters, which I have to sign manually. So today we are in a very analog market. Communication, as I already said, is mostly by fax. Today we will work increasingly digital and save a lot of time in the future through automated process or because we are no longer have to search for patient files 
or even can access an electronic patient file or record. So a lot of things will change. But we must uh, understand today we are in a highly regulated healthcare system and that will, be, uh, that will become increasingly uh, market-oriented tomorrow. This means that there is a lot of solutions and that come from the free market and there are often parallel uh, systems to the regular market. Individual healthcare insurance funds will then take up individual solutions Other insurance companies will imitate this and in the end there will be a big market for about 80 million people uh, who are uh, at the statutory or private health insurance. So the healthcare system will increasingly change from a disease system to a healthcare system to my mind. Prevention in the form of precision prevention will play an even greater role than the creation of diseases. In addition, There is a trend of biohacking, which is already being used today with implants, sensors and brain-to-brain -brain interfaces. This sounds like science fiction. We discussed this in detail with the chief cyborg officer on our last Digi Health Talk on YouTube. But today we are in the first healthcare market and there are already uh, services and goods we can buy there on the second healthcare market. Tomorrow we will be at the third healthcare market, the so-called share economy, where we will buy services and benefits with our health data. Today we are talking about data protection and tomorrow about data sharing models. We will talk about it later, I think. There are also more and more large providers like Amazon, Apple, Google that are competing in the form of a platform economy, which today's established players in a tomorrow healthcare sector. To sum up, today we are in Germany in a very German market and tomorrow will become increasingly international in the healthcare sector. Okay, perfect. I understand. So there are a lot of challenges and a lot of discrepancies between what is possible in terms of technology today and what end users, so clinicians or patients are ready to adapt. So perhaps let's focus now on Germany and uh, try to identify what are the key hindrances, what are the key challenges onto the way to this healthcare 4.0, to the new era of the healthcare in Germany. Is it rather a bureaucratic problem, the problem of mindset or the problem of technology adoption? Yeah, the problem is multifactorial. So I believe that they are that we are doing very well economically, socially today. We have never felt better maybe in history. That is why we do not have to hunger for change. We have made ourselves quite comfortable. And that also applies to the players in the healthcare system. Why should I change anything if I live from inefficiency today? And that very well. The issue of bureaucracy, as you said before, is a problem because it is around 40% for doctors and 30% for nursing staff, the time they use for paperwork. And that is too far and too much. There are enormous efficiency reserves here. As far as the technology is concerned, it is also surprising that not a single health app has made it into standard care in the year 2019. Okay. Yeah, I understand this. So there is really there are a lot of a lot of those challenges and uh, 
Not so long ago, uh, the new law was passed uh, in Germany, the Digitale Versorgungsgesetz, that aims to help uh, introducing those digital tools into medical practice. So can you tell us a little bit more about it and do you see the brighter side of the future after this law was passed? Yeah, that has great potential. Apps on prescription, easy use of video consultation hours and access to secure healthcare data network, everything during treatments. That is maybe possible by the law for better care through digitalization innovation, as you said before. For example, after an app, an application has been tested by the Federal Institute for Drugs and Medical Devices, short abbreviation BFARM, for safety, functionality, quality, um, data security, and even data protection. It will be prof uh, provisionally reimbursed by the statutory health insurance companies. We have about 110 of these companies in Germany for uh, for one year. During this period, the manufacturer must provide the bee farm that this app improves really patient care. The manufacturer, so the app developer, then nego negotiates with the uh, uh, GKV Spitzenverband. Is a The, the biggest uh, association of the health insurance companies, how much money it will receive. We as Germany have the chance to get from the very back, as mentioned before, see the study of the Bertelsmann Foundation uh, last year, to the very front, to the even pool position in terms of digital health. As in the drug market, we can become the reference country worldwide. Good, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it, Germany was always thought of uh, as a conservative country that uh, rather takes a lot of time to implement change. But now all of a sudden, uh, it looks like Germany will be actually setting the rules uh, in terms of um, yeah, progress in the digitalized uh, healthcare. That, that's really amazing. And uh, what do you think about the startups that are developing those uh, new digital tools, those new apps? Have you seen any startups that uh, can really break the ground uh, in the next few years thanks to that new rule, new law? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, there's a, there are a lot of uh, really ex exciting startups like Molecular Health from Friedrich von Bohlen in Heidelberg. It's very uh, amazing. They make genomics analysis and Uh, tell the patient which treatment is better to, to another treatment. Uh, that is a very, very uh, good technology because, um, um, as you can imagine, the, the today the, the patients do not know which therapy is the best one and we can look into the patient on the genomics level and tell him this treatment is better than the other treatment. And that is a huge improvement to the healthcare system. Another example is for me is Ada Health. Ada Health is a, a decision support system. With, uh, in, in the healthcare sector, you have 20,000 symptoms, or 10,000 diseases, and Ada helps you uh, to find your disease. And the power of Ada is in the rare disease sector where people. Uh, sometimes go through the healthcare sector for six or seven years to find the right diagnosis and Ada helps them with their smartphone with about 40, 50 questions to get an idea of their uh, disease and then they go with this information to the right doctor. And that are two examples of a lot of examples 
where technology can really improve the healthcare system. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's really amazing that thanks to these uh, new laws, uh, these startups will actually have a chance to be reimbursed for their uh, interesting technology. So I guess the problem that often those digital startups in healthcare face is that they work with a pretty sensitive clinical data. And in Europe, we have GDPR that regulates the access to all types of uh, data for the companies. Do you think these stringent privacy rules are rather a roadblock or opportunity and a necessary step for digitalized healthcare? Yeah, both. Uh, on the one hand, there's a roadblock. Last year, we saw that uh, the data security topic was a topic where digital health was very regulated and nothing happens. But there's also, as you said, an opportunity for the digitalization of the healthcare sector. So we can also see the general data protection regulation as an opportunity. In the USA, for in the US, for example, the focus is on entrepreneur success or profits and so on. In China, on the other hand, uh, they use digitalization to control their citizens. Uh, that's in the foreground. In Europe, we have the general data protection regulation that provides benefits for the individual, and this value can lead to an important asset in a global competition. Perfect. So you think that it can be both advantageous and, and disadvantageous. And of course, we need to respect uh, patient privacy and uh, respect their data and protect them um, because that's, that's ultimately uh, the goal of the, of the GD GDPR. Right. We are doing this show for you and your feedback is very important to us. So if you have any suggestions or comments, would like us to cover a specific topic or recommend a person we should interview, please write us an email to team at personalizedmedicinemedia.com or you can just reach out to us on Twitter or LinkedIn. Just type in Personalized Medicine Podcast and you will find us there. To make sure that you won't miss the new episodes of our show, please subscribe to the newsletter at our website, personalizedmedicinemedia.com. It's one word, Personalized Medicine Media, spelled with Z as in American English. Our website is also the place where you can find show notes for each episode that include bios of our guests, links to their most notable work and projects, and follow-up reads on the topics we discuss during the episode. And now, let's get back to the interview. Um, so, another aspect that I would like to talk to you uh, about uh, is personalized medicine. And as you mentioned already, digitalization and implementation of the new technologies will help us to move from this, from just curing diseases to preventive medicine. And personalized medicine will play a big role in that. So, do you really see the movement in that direction in Germany already? And what still has to be done to really utilize the full potential of precision medicine in uh, the healthcare system. Yes, I think that there's a lot of movement now. The healthcare system is facing a major transformation also to the field of personalized uh, medicine. So it's, you can call it precision medicine or system medicine or molecular biology, but it will become for the medicine of the future 
as Friedrich von Bolin said, what mathematics is for physics, so essential and indispensable. So digitalization and artificial intelligence are really enables for this transformation. This opens up personalized medicine to patients and personalized even prevention to healthy people. The availability of the human genome and in the future other molecular building blocks will enable individual diagnosis and personalized uh, therapies, uh, which is uh, very important for treatment successes. And this is not only challenges everyday for everyday medical life, but also leads to far-reaching changes in the entire healthcare system. So from observed to cautious uh, uh, knowledge, from static based to individual treatment, from disease response to health prevention. So as you see from these examples, the, the healthcare system will start very soon. And this is a big potential for the individual. So we can really talk about not only stratified medicine, but also personalized medicine. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's really important. And I really hope that that, that change will come into action uh, as soon as possible. That's also what we are trying to uh, facilitate with this podcast. And uh, I know that you are working with lots of startups in the healthcare space, and you have recently started this Digital Health Academy. So I would like you to tell our audience more about it. What, ex what is actually the idea behind this academy and what were some of the uh, most interesting uh, lessons you have learned from founding it? Yeah, thank you very much for this question. The motivation was very big um, because there is a big need to knowledge. Yeah? Uh, um, and and uh, Steve Jobs said education is the next big thing. So we started the Digital Health Academy, which provides a basic understanding of business processes and models in the healthcare a sector from different perspectives and up-to-date and well-founded overview of digital technologies in the national and international context are given here and uh, with the help of special especially developed didactic concept the participants receive a tool set that support them in their organizations in the digital transformation and strategy development in their healthcare sector. So in this way, the participants will be enabled to successfully implant the necessary transformation of the organization in the healthcare sector. And uh, our mission is to advance a digital transformation um, from the perspective of education. So we have developed a concept that combines decades of practical experience from Bart and me in digital healthcare with the didactics of innovative teaching and learning methods, e.g. Uh, storytelling, case studies, last time we pro program an old KI with the participants without writing one sentence of code. So this results in a unique continuing education concept to which we claim really an excellence. So um, through the input of recognized international experts in our classes in the digital uh, health context, the participants gain insights that cannot be found and read anywhere. And at that time, um, we will expand our personal network 
And this is our contribution to the success of digital transformation of the healthcare system in Germany and the surrounding area in Austria and Switzerland. Perfect. Yeah, sounds really fascinating. So how do startups or individuals can uh, apply to the uh, Digital Health Academy? Yeah, we, we have courses, uh, the so-called uh, starter class and master class. In the starter class, we have courses for people who have no uh, experience in this field. So we go from A to Z, from A like algorithm to Z like something else, like uh, Z app, uh, once again. Um, we have... We have uh, <clears throat> We have two classes, the starter class and the master class. The starter class is for people with no experience in this field. We start with A like algorithm and go through the technologies. And the master class is for the C level, for people who have uh, experience in the field of economy, of digitalization, but we want to get a deeper dive with them. So we have different causes in different uh, in different uh, cities like Berlin, Munich, Essen, and so on, and have small classes with 10 to 15 people who can attend there and uh, get with small uh, in the small class knowledge with case studies and other practical uh, practices uh, about the topic. Okay, perfect. Sounds really interesting. And uh, I know that you also have experience as an agile investor in the healthcare field. What perhaps were the biggest challenges in investing in the healthcare startups? So I know that in Germany, investors are not really willing to take big risks, uh, which uh, are coming uh, with uh, investing in the early stage startups, especially in the healthcare, especially in life sciences. Uh, but perhaps uh, you could have seen something else. So what were the most challenging things for you as an investor in this space? Yeah, it's really true. Uh, in, in the US, you have a bigger um, risk capital funds and it's easier for startups to to find an investor. Yeah, I, a few years ago, I even founded a company with the name Dubidog together with a doctor from Essen. And uh, this is uh, an online appointment and an allocation, the practice software you can make like in a, in a airplane, your seat at the doctor via your smartphone. And our vision is to abolish the doctor's waiting room. Yeah, otherwise, I um, invested in, in companies in the area of exponential technologies. Uh, for one example, in the topic of virtual reality, I think this place, this technology of virtual augmented reality will play a major role in the next years because you can save a lot of time to talk with a doctor in a virtual room with your avatar. You get your first appointment there. You get uh, after the hospital um, stay, you can also get some questions there, maybe with chatbots. And in the education, you can... Uh, um, The, the young doctors can um, learn in a virtual space with with, uh, with the body of the patient. You can do a lot in this. So I think this technology, the exponential technologies like blockchain technology, like virtual augmented reality, will improve the healthcare sector. This is a field I am, as an investor, also a little bit uh, also um, yeah, uh, investing there. 
Perfect. Yeah, sounds really interesting, and especially what you mentioned about this uh, VR startup. I think there has been a lot of talk in general about uh, telemedicine in Germany that patients can do the doctor appointments actually from their home and doctor also doesn't have to move uh, anywhere. Uh, so that's that's pretty exciting. And yeah, if you throw VR on top of that, that can improve the patient experience. It's really, it's really interesting. So what do you think about collaborations in general between those healthcare startups and hospitals and also insurance companies? Because it's not always very smooth. Um, what have you experienced uh, perhaps as a founder yourself or as an investor? And how do you help um, the young startups at the Digital Health Academy to improve those collaborations? Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's been a lot of change in the last years. For, for example, the innovation fund we had, um, so today it's quite normal that startups work with uh, companies which are established on the market. We have a lot of hackathons. We had a lot of um, um, different um, connections between them. Uh, Jochen and me with the digital health, um, with our digital health YouTube channel, the health talk made once or two times a year a big event. It's called Zukunftsmedizin. And there also startups meet the established players like health insurance funds and uh, other companies, uh, companies like hospitals. So I think today the, there's uh, also um, a big um, chance that all the people, the new players and the old players work together on a solution which will improve the healthcare sector in the next year. So we are on the good way. Great. So since we have already started talking about the technologies that are impacting the future of medicine, I would like to take an outlook uh, with you on the future of the healthcare in general. If you had three wishes, what would you like to see being changed in the healthcare in the next 10 years? Yeah. I think we are just facing a big mountain of changes and see a lot of possibilities ahead of us in the next years, in the next even 10 years. A lot will change in the next few years, but that has challenges as well as opportunities. I don't want to lie, for example, in the hospital 100 years ago. I'm pretty uh, awesome with the fact that we have the next year 2020. So my wish is the first one, everything will be more faster if i want to make an appointment at the doctor if i want if i'm sitting in uh, in the hospital everything must be more tr there must be more transparency everything must be very uh, fast and i can uh, solve a lot of problems with my health insurance company with my smartphone so the first wish is it must be faster the second wish is um, it must be more efficient so as I already said, 40% of the time of the doctor is bureaucracy, 30% of the time of the nurses is also paperwork. So efficiency means to me that we use uh, the manpower in, in the medicine as well as the care field really to the patient. So we can have a huge improvement if we use digital tools for more efficiency. 
And the last one, the biggest wish is that the patient becomes an expert patient and is strongly involved in the treatment with decision support systems like ADA, I mentioned before. And I will be as a patient because you and me are also patients. We will be more treated like clients and not like patients. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially this last point that you have mentioned that patient must become an expert on uh, his or her disease or his or her health. And I think that that would help the healthcare in general uh, immensely. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting um, approach to that. David, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and uh, your views uh, on the topics that we have discussed today. Yeah, management of healthcare, digitalization of healthcare. These are all big topics uh, that don't have often one straightforward answer. And I'm really grateful for, for your input today. Thank you very much. Perfect. So before I let you go, I would like you to let our audience know where can they find you online and how can they reach out to you? Yes, great. Uh, the easiest way to find me is on my own homepage, www.david-matosiewicz.com or on the Xing or LinkedIn networks. Furthermore, on the homepage of the FOM University, it's the biggest university in Germany with about 50,000 students, or our Digital Health Academy in Berlin. But uh, And last but not least, in our YouTube format, Digi Health Talk, please watch the movie there. We have 100 clips with a lot of digital health experts there. So some can't uh, pronounce my name well, but it's actually perfect for search engines. So just Google David Matosiewicz and say hello. <laughs> perfect. Okay, we'll do that and we'll put all the links that you've just mentioned into the uh, show notes uh, for our podcast so our audience can find you easier. Great. Perfect. David, thank you so much for being with us today. It was amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today on the Personalized Medicine Podcast. If you like this show and know someone who would enjoy it too, please share this podcast with them. The easiest way to do it is on LinkedIn or Twitter, where you can find us just by typing in personalized medicine podcast and don't miss the next episode yourself for this subscribe to the newsletter on our website personalizedmedicinemedia.com we also publish the show notes for each episode there that include our guests bios links to their most notable work and recommendations for additional reads on the topic of the episode and if you have any feedback or would like to suggest us a guest for the show write us an email to team at personalizedmedicinemedia.com or reach out to us on Twitter or LinkedIn. Have a great day and until next time.